Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. This is Beth Bond, Curator of Sustainable News at Southeast Green, and I am incredibly honored and very excited to have Dr. Stephen Smith with us this morning on Speaking of Green. Uh, Dr. Smith is known throughout the Southeast for his uh, leadership at Southern Alliance for Clean Energy, and we could talk for our entire 30 minutes about all he wants to do, but I am a, I am a woman on a mission this morning, and we are going to talk about what's going on in, so, in Florida with solar, or as Dr. Smith likes to refer to it as the, the Florida Solar Wars. Welcome to the show. Great. Well, thank you, Beth. It's an it's an honor to be with you, and I look forward to talking more about getting more solar in the Sunshine State. That's <laughs> so ironic that we have to say it that way. Let's do a little bit That's of background, right. okay? Right. So, I, tell people where we are and why this is just so confounding that there's not more solar in Florida. Well, here are some basic facts. Florida now is the third largest state in the United States with population. It is the largest energy market in the United States that does not have a coherent energy plan or supportive policies on renewable energy and clean energy. It has the best solar resource east of the Mississippi, and it is a phenomenal opportunity for moving forward on clean energy to not only grow the market, bring jobs, help the industry grow and flourish, but also to help Florida with the challenges of climate change because Florida is literally on the front line with places like the Everglades and Miami and other areas facing serious uh, saltwater intrusion issues, uh, non-rain flooding events. Uh, This is a real real challenge for Florida. And so having a coherent and rational policy on clean, renewable energy with an emphasis on solar power – is a missing link that we need in our overall energy portfolio. And for us in the southeast, North Carolina's moved forward on solar, Georgia's moving forward on solar, and yet the largest market potential in the southeast is the Sunshine State, which is Florida. It's starting it's starting to be a little embarrassing for Florida. And of course I think the key words is rational policy. <laughs> And, you know, rational policy would imply that you have rational leadership, and the current governor has proven to be pretty much completely unrational about this. Um, His his unofficial sort of official stance is natural gas will solve all our issues. And um, I've I've been following um, this issue for a long time, as you know, and I've, you know, been in the state and heard discussions about solar, and, of course, we've heard a lot of – here in Atlanta about solar, and I always walk away shaking my head, like, what is going on here? What is the resistance? Especially when you have um, the utility companies, you know, you've got a southern company uh, with Gulf Power, you've got Progress, which is owned by Duke, you know, which has, has, has sort of stepped back from solar in North Carolina, but still, you know, has pretty much supported it for a long time. You've got Next Era, which is a wind energy leader um, in the Midwest who owns the largest utility in the in the state. 
and why is the battle so fierce and strong with the utility? Well, you can you can basically go right where you were going, which is currently the large investor-owned utilities. So that's Florida Power and Light, the subsidiary of Nextera, Duke Energy, Gulf Power, and Tampa Electric have literally had a stranglehold on the political and regulatory process in Florida. And they have stifled and held back the ability for solar to flourish in the state. They have argued that, one, it's not cost-effective. They've said, well, we're not the sunshine state. We're the partly cloudy state. And they've come up with all these very lame and not factually based arguments for why we should not have Florida move forward aggressively on solar power. They have done some things. Uh, you know, there's probably uh, about a couple of hundred megawatts of solar that has been developed. There's a few more hundred megawatts that are in the pipeline. But when you compare it to someplace like North Carolina, which has now done over 1,000 megawatts or a gigawatt of solar deployment, Georgia is on the trajectory to hit uh, a 1,000 megawatts in the next 18 months or so, you see that Florida is lagging very far behind, but yet it has a much greater potential. It is because the utilities really have wanted to put as much emphasis on natural gas and get as much development of natural gas as possible. They've also pursued, uh, to a fault, the support of nuclear power, although They've had to admit recently that they can't get some of these plants online. And now Florida is, is trending towards 70% dependent on natural gas with additional gas uh, plants in the pipeline. And the state is, is going to probably exceed 75, trend towards 80% dependent on natural gas. And that is, is an irrational policy because it puts literally all your eggs in one basket and it is not good for the state. They've gutted their energy efficiency programs, and they've rolled back the solar rebate program, and now they're setting up to go after net metering. Florida does have a decent net metering law, and there's about 12,000 uh, net metered customers in the state of Florida right now. But uh, for a state of 20 million, that is a pitifully small number when you look at someplace like New Jersey, much smaller state, having four times that. So what, what we're trying to do is get good policies in, in moving in Florida. We've identified the Southern Alliance for Clean Energy, working with the solar industry and others, has identified three policies that really, um, really need to happen. They, need, they are the, pin, the pillars of making solar work. And the first one is we've got to protect the net metering provisions in Florida. They're absolutely critical. They are a foundation of which particularly the distributed solar and the rooftop solar for residential and commercial needs to be protected. The other thing is we need to have good tax policy. And Florida doesn't have a state income tax, but they do have a very regressive uh, property tax regime. And so dealing with commercial property tax and what's called tangible personal property tax are very important. And then the third is we've tried to open up third-party sales to allow more competition uh, uh, where Solar companies can sell electricity. Florida is one of only four states in the United States that explicitly prevents third-party sales of, of solar electricity. So those are the three pillars. 
And those are what we we have been working very aggressively on. Well, I, I realize that we're going to run out of time because I have you know so many questions for you. Um, let's let's touch on the natural gas first. Uh, everyone in the energy arena, who's on the policy side at least, has agreed that a buckshot approach to solving um, our energy is the way to go, including President Obama and. You know the the so the irrational. Let's do seventy five percent natural gas, especially when how much natural gas is there in Florida that they drill for? Uh, really zero. They're they're not yeah, they're, they're importing it all, so they're sending all this money out of the state. Right, and I always tell people that while Georgia loves being the super highway to Disney World because everybody stops and gets gas and may spend a night and eat a meal here, we do not want to become the super highway of natural gas to Florida, which, you know, we've had many uh, situations uh, already with uh, pipelines trying to come through Georgia. Thankfully, Governor Deal and an amazing uh, sort of foresight has sort of, you know, slowed all that down. But, you know, I just it, – it just incenses me to think that Florida is so arrogant that they think that, you know, well, we're just going to rely on natural gas and we'll just cross, you know, our own – pretty much our only neighbor for access, Georgia, as much as we like, and Georgia should just sit there and take it. Right, and that's and that's, that's a, a very true statement, and, and that's why we need to have a, a more of a diverse portfolio. And, again, we're not – we think that Florida can, um, can basically do a lot more with efficiency and renewables and, and particularly with solar because it's such a powerful resource. Um, and that's why these, these solar amendments are so critical that are being brought before the voters in Florida in the coming months. And um, so, yeah, in order to have good policy, you would hope that the state legislature and the state public service commission would step forward and actually advance these policies. But unfortunately, because of the stranglehold the utilities have, that's not happening. And the utilities are making money both in the fact that they are building these large gas plants and moving them in the rate base and getting a high rate of return uh, for the foreseeable future. But then they've also invested in the pipeline infrastructure that, as you described, is crisscrossing the country and coming through Georgia on its way to Florida. And they, they make money on the pipeline infrastructure also. So they're, they're figuring out a way to game the system to m- make the state even more dependent on natural gas. But that's why we have moved outside of the legislature and outside of the Public Service Commission and have engaged in taking some of this directly to the voters. That's what we did last year with our third-party uh, sales uh, amendment, solar amendment. The utilities, that was called Floridians for Solar Choice, and it was an effort to open third-party sales. The utilities dumped literally millions of dollars, ran a very deceptive campaign, created a false a ballot that they put out that um, misled voters and continues to mislead voters as a way to block what we were doing, and now to date have spent over $15 million opposing uh, us and trying to get this what we call a monopoly wolf in solar sheep's clothing. It's a deceptive ballot that will be on in November. When they blocked us uh, on this choice amendment, we were able – we've created so much awareness – in Florida, we were able to go through the state legislature and get a tax abatement for these property taxes. And the only way you can get a 
tax abatement in Florida is you have to put it on the ballot. And so we have that on the ballot, and that is going to be on the ballot in August, and that's called Amendment 4, and it is a tax abatement. So yesonfour.org is the website, and it is a tax abatement to reduce taxes, which help lower the cost for solar for everyone. And so this is uh, coming up in August. Florida voters will be able to vote good for a good solar amendment in August, yes on four, and then the utilities are running this deceptive ballot in November. And so we're saying no in November, N-O in November on Amendment 1, because that is actually really a stealth attack on net metering and trying to undermine uh, the ability for customer-owned solar. And so that's the solar wars that we have going right now. Well, and I will make a personal uh, uh, appeal because my cousin listened to me talk so much about solar. He's actually down in the uh, greater Orlando area, and every time I go to visit, he loves to show me how much he's making off net metering. So he will be very happy to know that he's about to lose that if if we don't if we don't get the vote right. I say we if if the vote does not happen uh, correctly on Amendment One. Now this is the most is it. I would I would guess so maybe you can confirm that this is the most aggressive act utilities have taken in the country in regards to blocking access to solar. Well, there there are some big battles going out in the desert southwest. I mean, Arizona and Nevada uh have have been real battlegrounds. The utilities I mean, what's happening in this country is that because solar prices are becoming so cost-effective and because so many people are responding to this, the utilities are trying to push back and, and, and control and limit and, and stifle uh, customer-owned solar. They're happy to do some solar that they own, but they want to do it at their pace, and they, they're, they're not doing it for a lot of us fast enough. But um, for customers to own it, they absolutely re- reject that because that's, against their business model, and they really try to come up with all kinds of subtle ways. They'll talk a good line about, oh, yeah, we're open to it, but they're really not encouraging it. And in some states, they're very aggressively opposing it. So I would say that uh, Arizona, Nevada, and Florida are really some of the biggest battlegrounds right now on customer-owned solar and and whether the utilities are going to dictate the terms of how solar power is developed or whether there's going to be a robust opportunity for customers to have the freedom and the choice and the opportunity to um, do what they want to do, which is is basically be part of the solar revolution that's happening and be part of expanding solar and expanding clean energy. And the utilities in Florida are certainly trying to put their thumb on that. And here's one of the ironies, because this is something important for your listeners to understand. As you mentioned at the top of the show, NextEra Energy is the largest renewable developer in the United States for both wind and solar. and But they will go outside of Florida and they will build solar and wind projects in competitive markets outside of the state. Inside the state of the Flor- Florida, where they have, they are the largest utility in Florida, they have a monopoly, they have cut, captive customers that do not get a choice. Florida Power & Light, the subsidiary of NextEra, is limiting and holding clean renewable energy back in the Sunshine State, but then they're going out in other markets that are competitive and they're building it. And that just shows how uh, uh, devious and disingenuous uh, some of these utilities are. Where they can make money in other places, they'll go do it, but when they have captive customers, 
they really want to almost treat them like serfdom or something, that they, they don't give them choice, they don't give them opportunity, they don't give them the ability to take advantage of this stuff. And that's just flat out wrong. In this society, we should not allow that. Well, and I don't know if you're aware of this, but we just posted an article on the site. The next era in Florida just got a grant from DOE to develop wind energy. <laughs> it's one of the universities there. And I'm like, wait, what? You're going to take a grant on wind energy and then fight with millions of dollars to prevent people using solar. I mean, it, to me, that was like the, the most hubris thing I had seen happen in the state because from one side they're willing to take, you know, national taxpayers' money to develop wind, quote-unquote, and then on the other side, you know, they're going to drop millions of dollars to fight solar in the state. And, and I just think that, you know, okay, so I could just rant for hours on this because I'm so <laughs> frustrated on this, but what I want you to do is provide us really good tactical ways because there's 25 million voters in Florida. I've got I know about 10. So what can we do? What what are the best ways for people who are really interested in this to get this message out to Florida voters? Well, the the first thing we need to do is people need to understand that we're rapidly coming up on the state primary election, which is the election day is actually August 30th. Vote by mail petition uh, ballots go out the first week of August, early voting is the 20th through the 27th. So the whole month of August, people in Florida are going to be voting on solar. They need to vote yes on Amendment 4, and they can go to the website yesonfour.org, um, and they can get information. They can contact the Southern Alliance for Clean Energy at cleanenergy.org. We can provide supporting information or put them in touch with people. August is a very critical vote. It's a lower voter turnout, tends to be a little bit more conservative and older. And so people who are concerned about the environment need to realize that many times people take a pass on these primary elections. This one is very, very important. So we need people to vote yes on four in August. And so go to that website, reach out to us at cleanenergy.org. We will get you information. Then we've got to immediately pivot and going into the general election on November 8th, there is going to be this deceptive ballot that the utilities are running that is, is, again, a stealth attack on net metering meant to basically mislead people. It says a lot of really nice things at the beginning, but then it has this phrase in about uh, non-solar customers not subsidizing solar customers, which is basically code speak for bringing in misinformation and non-factual information to try to undermine net metering. And that is exactly what they're going to do because if they pass this in, in November, they're then going to come in next session in a non-election year, and they're going, to, they're going to either put a punitive charge on solar in Florida or they're going to roll back the, what they pay on net metering. And both of those would hold the market back. So the okay, way to fight so that is Floridians for Solar Choice is the uh, group that is leading the charge against that. And uh, people can go to uh, Floridians for Solar Choice website, or we can, again, check with cleanenergy.org. We can get you more information on that. And that is the November vote. So it's no in November on one. Okay. Amendment so, one. And people should just not underestimate the power of social media on this issue either because – the, do you, I've seen a little bit of press coming out of Florida, but not 
not a tremendous amount. Is there is there for for our Florida listeners where? I mean, I know the sites have information, but, I mean, if they want to get press on this to see, you know, what people are, you know, elected officials are saying on this stuff, where should they be looking for information on that? Well, there's there's a very – both um, Yes on 4 um, have very active uh, Facebook presence, and, and Floridians for Solar Choice has a very strong Facebook following, and there's a lot of good – information that is posted up there literally daily for people to follow. So if you are okay. um, if you do Facebook, that's a very active social media site. There's also Instagram and other vehicles and Twitter. Um, we're, we're using all those social media platforms. Um, and, again, if, if people are interested in getting more information, we have uh, people in the field that are actually spread out throughout the state, and we can tap people into a very strong volunteer network where people can get very involved very quickly because there's an extensive network of people that are working. It's very much of a grassroots campaign. The utilities are dumping a ton of money. They bought a lot of airtime in the fall where they're going to come in with these really slickly produced ads to make Amendment 1 look like it's great for solar and great for Florida customers when it's actually the exact opposite. And so it is, it is the most deceptive campaign I have ever seen in my life run by the utilities to literally mislead uh, people in Florida, and that's why it's going to be so important that we push back and people band together to get the truth out. So if people haven't, like if people want someone to come speak to their church or if they want them to come speak Absolutely. to the Rotary Club or Chamber of Commerce yep. or whatever, not that the Chamber nationally has been really great on energy policy, but so they there are speakers available to come. There We have a speakers bureau. We have a we have a speakers bureau, we have a whole network, and we can easily integrate people into this uh, this volunteer network that we've built. And you'll find a lot of uh, kindred spirits, and you'll find people in your area in Florida that are already working on it. And if for some reason you don't, we can provide all the supporting material to give anyone who wants to do stuff in their community. We have uh, information. We've got you know all the kinds of things that people need to be able to hand out and share with their uh, friends and family, and then whatever social networks they have. So um, it's 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 a very robust grassroots activity that's going on. And again, we've Amendment Four is not controversial. There's actually no opposition to it. So the August vote has been kind of cruising along at a at a relatively low level. There's a lot of controversy about Amendment One, and I think you'll see more and more press on that. There was an enormous amount of press last year in the fight that we had over the, the third-party sales one. And what happened was the, the amendment they used to trip us up as a blocker amendment where they went out in the street and actually told people to sign their petition and said that it was ours, said it was the Florida Choice petition, but they lied and misled to people about getting these things signed. Um, they then turned around and now have put it on the ballot. And so this has been um, an incredibly deceptive uh, campaign from the very beginning that the utilities have run, and it's it's while all four of the big utilities are involved, it's really Florida Power and Light has led the charge on this. This has been kind of their modus operandi. This is how they operate in the state. They're very heavy-handed. They're very aggressive. If you don't if you don't agree with them, they they don't want to just beat you. They want to crush you because they are so arrogant and so aggressive in their approach to how they want to 
maintain a captive control over their monopoly in Florida because it's a huge cash cow. They made over a billion dollars off of their customers in Florida last year, and they don't want anybody taking those customers away, and they don't want the customers generating their own power. Right, um, and and they yeah, and they just want to build more natural gas. <laughs> That's well, right, right, because they can move it in the rate base, and they're they're up before the Florida Commission this fall with a 24% rate increase, and this is just sort of how that game is played. They want to keep customers captive. They want to build big plants that they can put in the rate base and get a guaranteed rate of return for the next 40 years, and they want to stifle people being more efficient and generating their own power, and that's because their financial bottom line is tied. The more power plants they build, the more money they make for themselves and their shareholders. Okay, so I, I we're about to run out of time, and I, I want to make sure. And instead of me sort of ranting even more, tell what it, you know if you're going to ask people to do one thing, or what's the one thing that besides voting? I mean, clearly people need to get out and vote, but what's the one thing that you think can make the difference in regards to sort of turning sort this tide well don't be silent i mean the the real thing here is that that we are at a transformative point of time in how we produce and consume energy in this country we are really seeing dramatic changes happening very very quickly be an informed energy consumer and be an informed energy voter so don't be silent and if you're in florida it's yes on four in august and it's no on one in november you can plug into our networks and we can get you involved. But anywhere you are in the southeast, SACE, the Southern Alliance for Clean Energy at cleanenergy.org, can help get you to be an informed citizen and get involved in these processes because we're literally having major battles that will define where we go for the decades to come happening today. These are real-time skirmishes and fights that are going on and the utilities want to hold this back, and they want to keep things as a status quo. Some of them are evolving and starting to incorporate more and more renewables in, which we want to applaud. But generally, we haven't hit that turning point that we need, that we know we're going to have a sustainable, clean energy economy. So we've all got to engage in the process. Being silent is basically a vote for the status quo. And I think that's what we've got to convey to people. You've got to get engaged and involved in the process. Great. We are we are literally, I have run us right up to the end of the time that we have. So I just want to thank you so, so much for being a guest. And if if we can find time, maybe we can have a second interview before the vote in August to, to you know, see where you all are and, and maybe fluff out some more information. But I just, I know your time is very precious and valuable, so thank you for spending it with us today. Well, thanks for the opportunity, and we look forward to working with you more on this. This is great. Thank you. Uh-huh. Okay, thanks, Stephen. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, y'all. Y'all got marching orders. One, social media works. Um, I don't have time to tell you, but we've just had a success in Alabama through a social media campaign on a, a fish kill. You can find out on Southeast Green about it in the Alabama section. Two, vote, vote, vote. Take your mama, take your husband, take your kids who can vote. Take them to vote and make sure 
that the utilities do not win on this issue. I unfortunately had to spend a lot of time on our Florida section posting articles about where utilities have won again in Florida. And this is, this is I think, the, the tipping point for, for Florida voters to stand up and say enough is enough. It's stupid that the Sunshine State is not the solar state. All right. Thanks so much for listening. We will have this up on Southeast Green, and um, so make sure that you know, people who sort of listen to podcasts they can listen to this because I think there's a lot of valuable information given, and we appreciate our listeners so much. And we will look forward to hearing uh, uh, talking with you all in the next episode of Speaking of Green. <laughs>